Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, this podcast, we talk about all things Porsche. Um, my name is Michael Bath, and this podcast is uh, an extension of my love of Porsches and an extension of my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, simply Michael Bath. Do a search, you'll find it. Uh, my YouTube channel is basically videos where I concentrated on uh, talking about my 997 Carrera, my 2006 uh, 997 Carrera that I've had for three years now. Uh, I also talk about watches and I also talk about a bit of tech, but mainly watches and Porsche now. That's pretty much what I do. Um, but this is the Porsche School podcast. Uh, uh, today I'm coming from you as always from uh, Bahrain in the Middle East. Uh, it's Thursday afternoon here. Um, this podcast will go up on Fridays. Normally I do uh, one, pod one podcast per week now, um, usually on a Friday. Um, I hope to try and change that. I uh, hope to try and change it to Wednesdays and Fridays, but at the moment it's just Fridays. Uh, of course, this podcast you can find on all the um, main pla uh, podcast platforms. Um, Podbean, which I'm uh, my main supplier of my podcast, uh, it's also going out to Apple Podcasts, Google Music, iHeartRadio, you can get it through Alexa on Amazon. Um, it's pretty much everywhere. If you just do a search in Google for Porsche Cool Podcast, it will come up in uh, one of the one of the many sites that you can listen to this podcast. So, um, and also Spotify as well. So, Apple, Apple, I guess Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, they're the three main ones that um, that I get my traffic from. Um, and in saying traffic, I'd like to say once again, thank you for all the downloads. Uh, this is a pretty new podcast, really. Um, like I said, I'm doing one a week and it's growing pretty well, actually. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, it's not, uh, I do this uh, at the moment, I really am doing this for the love of it. Uh, it's not something that, that makes a lot of money or any money, I should say, but it's just my love of Porsche. So that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Um, but download-wise, it's been really, really good. So I thank all of you who listen to the podcast regularly and all of those of you who have followed. Um, much appreciated. And hopefully we can build this into something really important for the Porsche community. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, simply at Porsche Cooled. Um, Instagram is just lots of great photos of Porsches, 911s, uh, not just 911s, also um, 924s, 944s, 968s, just celebrating Porsches basically. So check that out. That's my Instagram at Porsche Cooled. Um, I'll put my other social links in the uh, description of this podcast. Okay, so welcome everyone. Um, last week, I think it was last Thursday actually, uh, Porsche lost uh, someone who was very important to their history, to their motorsport history to their engine development history, to the brand as a whole, and that was Hans uh, Mezger. Hans Mezger passed away, I think it was last Thursday. Uh, Hans Mezger had basically worked for uh, Porsche for the last 30 or so years. He really was uh, Porsche's engine mastermind. Uh, he really was someone very important uh, in shaping Porsche's heritage and Porsche's identity, even right up until today. I mean, Hans Mezger's legacy, I mean, he developed in uh, 1963, he developed the two-liter flat six for the 911. Uh, on top of that, he uh, was part of the development of the 917, uh, the Porsche 917. Um, he also, uh, in the 1970s, the 911 RSR, 
was another one of his uh, projects. Um, 1976 was the Type 935, another motorsporting project for Porsche. And then, you know, you go up to the 1980s and 1980s, he, I think he actually said in an interview or he said numerous times that the Targ, he developed the Targ 1.5 litre uh, turbo, V6 turbo engine. And that engine helped McLaren uh, win Formula One titles. Uh, I think Nicky Lauda, Nicky Lauda drove uh, that car to the winning title, that engine. Um, I think that was one of his greatest uh, achievements in his mind. And then in 2017, he also um, helped Singer with the DLS concept and the engine in the DLS concept. Uh, that was probably one of the last things he did. Not to mention uh, all the way up to 2010, you know, he was, you know, the 2010, you're talking about the GT3 RS 4.0, you're talking about the GT3. Um, so he was a part of that. Uh, Hans Matzka was very important to Porsche. He was a legendary uh, Porsche engineer. Uh, and his his contribution to Porsche Porsche is just is just amazing. Um, I guess when you think of it, I mean, what I think about is I think about the 996, and you know, the best engine in the 996 was of course in the GT3 and in the turbo. And the GT3 and the turbo had what engine? It had the Metzger engine. Metzger engine didn't have any of the issues that the uh, normal uh, 996 engine had, and also in the 997 as well, the 997 GT3 engine. Anyway, I guess we're starting the uh, podcast today on a sadder note, um, but I just wanted to mention that because uh, if you love Porsches, uh, you have to appreciate the contribution uh, Hans Metzger made to to their cars, to their engine. You know, as a as a Porsche as a Porsche owner, I'm I'm quite new, I guess. I mean, I've only owned my 997 Carrera two since uh, 2017. Uh, but that's the thing about Porsche, and I think I did touch on this once before in a very early podcast, is that it's not just about uh, being a Porsche enthusiast, being wanting to be part of the Porsche community. It's not just when you have a car; it's it's the lead up to that to that um, to that moment to that moment when you see the car and you bought it and you drive it away, or it gets delivered to your house and you realize that, well, you know, now I own a nine eleven. What now? And I guess the what now is is where I find some things quite funny. Um, I haven't owned a lot of cars. Uh, I haven't owned a lot of cars because basically for a long time I lived in, uh, well, I still do actually, but in, in Australia I live in the inner city area. And I really didn't find the need to own a car. And the reason being was because one, uh, if you lived in an apartment, if you lived in a flat, Parking was always difficult if you didn't have parking and you had to park on the street. It was the cost. Uh, earlier on, I didn't really have a lot of money to to fund the, the car and I'd rather put money into other things, you know, going out, buying other things and actually purchasing a car. Um, but it doesn't mean my interest of cars wasn't there. I was always looking at cars. I was always interested in cars. And um, I guess, you know, I always remember that, that memory that memory of looking in at uh, Porsche dealership and looking in, and at the time it was, I remember it was the late 80s, and you know the the Porsche that Porsche late 80s star was in the Carrera and the 3.3.0 Wizard and the and the Turbo. And I just remember, you know, I have these vivid memories of looking in the car dealerships, you know, with those Porsches in there and the the green. I always remember the green and the brown that there was green and brown. The colours were always a little bit unusual. Um, 
and you know you get you get attracted to a certain shape of car you get attracted to the to the passion of the car i'm getting a little bit distracted here this is not what i was uh, where i was going with this conversation but you know i haven't always had a lot of cars so people who have had cars for years and years and um i know friends of mine friend of mine a friend of mine has has a guy you know what i mean and i think that's what i talk about it's about having a guy and it's so weird like I've realized since I've since I've got the Porsche, and I guess when I had my Audi previously to the Porsche, uh, I started to get a guy, but I didn't have as many guys, you know. I had a, a service guy who was a good guy, you know, was a better guy than the guy than going to Audi directly and getting um, getting charged the dealer rates, you know. And then he had a guy that could fix something for me at a cheaper rate. But it's not so much in Audi. It's when you get into classic cars, isn't it? It's when you get into buying Porsches or you get into buying Ferraris. And I guess if you get into buying old BMWs or BMWs, you know, it's 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 certain it's certain car brands and it's a certain I guess it's the community surrounding those brands, the strength of the community and the strength of the resources of those communities. And then you have a guy. So, you know, I always laugh a little bit because it's like some people have a guy for everything. And now I don't have a guy for everything. I have a guy, you know. So it's like, you know, I'm getting the leather parts done for the 997. And that that guy came from my friend in Australia, Steve, um, who, who owns the GT3. And he told me about this guy. And before that, there was another leather guy, which is exclusive options. But he wasn't really a guy because I guess he's, he's sort of a guy, but he's more like a company. You know what I mean? Uh, more established, I guess. But then you find another guy. And then you find a guy who actually does the leather parts and he does it as good as other people, but he does it for less, you know, less money. So then he becomes the guy you want to go to. So then you recommend him to other Porsche friends, other Porsche communities. And then, you know, then this following for this guy becomes, you know, important, I guess. So it's like the exhaust guy. If I ever needed an exhaust done for a 996 or a 964 or a, or a 997, you know, the guy to have, and this guy doesn't have to be local to you. This guy can be anywhere in the world. Uh, look at FD Motorsports, uh, Fister Sports Exhaust, which is on my um, 997. I ordered that exhaust through Darren Fister, and this is when I first got the car, pretty early on when I first got the car, one of the best, one of the first and one of the best mods I've done for the 997. And, you know, I I bought the exhaust from him. I didn't send my, my, my exhaust back, so I paid a little bit more got delivered to my other guy, which is Auto House Hamilton, which is my service, the service people in Sydney, Australia. And how did I find Auto House Hamilton? Well, that was through my friend. And it was also through, you know, other people who were saying, you know, Auto House Hamilton is great, but it's mainly through my friend, Steve. So all of a sudden you get this collection of guys, you know what I mean? And then when I got the, um, when I got the decal put on my 997, the Porsche decal, um, Auto House Hamilton, I had the car in there at the time to, I think I was getting a wheel alignment for my new um, lobster claw wheels that I had fitted. Uh, and I'll get back to that because I have another guy now which who I, who I would use over and over again. And then when the decals getting put on, they, they didn't do it, but they had their guy. So then their guy becomes your guy. <laughs> and so now you have another guy. So now I have a guy that can put you know, the stone guards on and the decals on. People are saying, I know there's people listening to this podcast saying, but Michael, why don't you do it yourself? Um, because for me, I'd rather, 
pay for someone to do it. I really don't want to do too many things. Um, I just like it done. I don't know. I just like it done professionally. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, minor things like changing the strut, the struts underneath your frunk or your engine bay. I mean, I can do that. I've done that. You know, I have installed some leather console blades. Um, when I get the, the leather parts from the guy in the UK, which I've ordered now, um, which I've ordered, uh, and they will come. They will be sent directly to Australia. So I'll I'll install those parts, of course, because they're easy enough to install. Uh, and when I get the the door seals for my nine nine seven, the stainless steel seals, which will go with the uh, inner leather seal, I'll install those as well. Um, so some things I will do, but you always need a guy to do stuff for you. Uh, and like I said, the community of Porsche, you do a search, and and if you've listened to my previous podcast, you know I've been. I've been obsessing over 912s and someone said to me, why don't you get a 993 or 964? Wouldn't that be more reliable? Yeah, it would be. But Porsche, Porsche passion is a funny thing. And, you know, Porsche, I, I call it Porsche obsession, actually. Uh, and my wife laughs at me because I just get obsessed. And I have been obsessed with, with the 912. Uh, and I have been obsessed with uh, bring a trailer, like I said. I find it a really great place to, to waste a few hours. And maybe because it's still partial lockdown here in Bahrain, but you know, I love it when I get a new uh, alert saying there's a new 911 up and, and looking at it. Uh, there's a great 911S on there at the moment. If you haven't been to bring a trailer, there's a silver 911S that's come up, which is which is pretty fantastic. Uh, it's original condition with tweed tweed seats. Uh, check that out because it's really 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 nice. I think it's going to go for a lot of cash. Uh, so the two best ones on bring a trailer at the moment are the 911S. And the 912, which has got the outside body, hasn't been uh, restored or fixed up, but the interior mechanical is is pretty good. Uh, so they're the two picks at the moment. But I think they're going to go for the 911s will go for quite a lot. I think. So yeah, it's this process of getting you guys, like you get into the community, and I guess is what is what makes it easier when you've owned one or two or three or four or a dozen Porsches over the years. You get a collection of experts you know let's call these experts not just guys they're experts right they're experts in their field they're artisans they're 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 people who are skilled in their craft and there are some in australia i think mechanic mechanically wise there are people in australia who are really good i think there are in australia i think there are good i know in sydney there's uh i can't remember his name but there's a really good um Body, body shop and painting shop for Porsche that concentrates just on Porsche. I just can't think of his name at the moment. I think I'd love to own a Porsche and live in, in, in California or live in, even live in the UK. But, you know, there's so many people. I mean, California alone, you know, with Rod Emery and, you know, Fister and Singer and, you know, there's just so many shops there's so many people. Um, what I like about the UK is, is they're really good uh, interior people. Uh, there's one which is the one where I've bought the leather goods from, which is Design LS. Uh, and then there's uh, the fabric guy. He's called Gary. My friends bought some fabric from him. I can't think of the name at the moment. Oh, that's right. Uh, Gary at Classic FX. Um, but he does all interiors of 911s and Classic 911s, and he gets the original fabrics, like the original Porsche fabrics, like the 911R fabric, the Gingham, the Pepita, uh, and will do seat inserts for your GT3 and things like that. You know, so you always got to have these guys. And when you have these guys, your ownership of the Porsche just becomes so much 
better. Um, and I think that's what's great about Porsche. Like I said, it's this community and it becomes so much better. Uh, but I don't have that many guys. I'm starting to get a collection. So, you know, I have I have obviously the good mechanic in Australia, Order House Hamilton. you got your exhaust guy that I'll always go to, which is Fista. You know, you have... Um, you know, even where you get your car care products from, you know, you have a guy there as well uh, and you know what the products you're going to get. So you have a have a guy or you have a place, you, you work out the best things to get. Um, and then the wheels, like I said, my wheels were refurbed in the UK by Chris at XL Wheels. Uh, you should follow Chris. He's actually on Instagram. I think it's called XL Wheels Limited. Um, if you're in the UK and you need your wheels refurbed, uh, honestly, he's the best person to do it. He's really, really good. Um, my lobster wheels, like I've said previously, um, he happened to have them. They were immaculate wheels. They didn't need really need to be refurbished. And then I got them done in the in the Porsche color, the proper Porsche. I think it's OB4, which is satin, platinum, whatever they call it. Um, and my wheels, I still get comments today. My wheels, after I must be almost three years, two years. I've held up perfectly. They are really, really good. Uh, and he refurbs a lot more difficult wheels than me. So it's really good to have people like that. And yeah, he's in the UK. But today with with freight and and the ease of ordering and stuff, it's not that difficult to... It's not really that difficult. If you're willing to pay the money and you want something done well, uh, you can get anything done and you can send it and you can get it delivered. And that's that's a great, great part of it. So yeah, I mean, Porsche community, uh, Porsche life, Porsche ownership. Uh, and I guess I guess the start of it is when you actually do, uh, when you do start searching for your first Porsche and you're on the communities and whatever. And, and there's always people giving advice like that. There's always people. And I guess those people are like the community is like the first guy. You know, it's a group of guys, but it's, it's you have a guy, you have a guy, you have people that are helping you out, that are willing to help you out and go out of their way to to make sure that your journey into Porsche is, um, is as enjoyable and, and as rewarding as what theirs is, I guess. I mean, it's just sharing the passion. It's just sharing the passion. Um, so I think that's, uh, I think that's quite funny though, how you just, you don't even realize it's happening and then you just have a handful of these people, which you then share to other people and then they share to other people. So it, it really does work quite well. And even with my 997, you know, I've had I've had people ask me so many questions about the 997, uh, you know, and I know so many people have bought who have silver 911s have bought the same stripe on the side of the car as mine. I know a couple of people who have done the wheels the same color as mine. Um, so you, you know, the influence the influence you have, and this is why I think you always need to be genuine. And and this is one thing on my YouTube channel that I've always tried to do is I've just tried to be myself. Uh, and you know, being yourself on YouTube sometimes works and sometimes doesn't work. You know, my channel doesn't have a lot of um, subscribers, uh, but I never want to be one of these channels that's just all fake and false and whatever. I just, I like to keep it raw. I like to keep it original, and I like to just keep. I like to just be there as someone who you know, who I was looking for, who will actually help me. So that's why when, when anyone uh, com uh, contacts me on Instagram about my car or about something to do with my car or where I got this or where I got that. I tell them, you know, I'm there to help. I mean, I'm, I mean, I found out, I found out through friends and through the community. So, you know, we need to share that. We need to share that around. So that's that's what I think is great about uh, Porsche. And I'm sure there's a similar community of, in other in other brands, like I said, BMW, Ferrari, Mercedes. I'm sure there's a similar community when you get into that classic. 
Uh, and then I found, you know, digging deeper into digging deeper into the classic Porsche, when you start getting into the early Porsches, the 65s to 75s or 65s to 70, you know, 912s, 911s, you know, it even gets deeper. There's just so many people there doing, so many people restoring their own 912s, actually, I've noticed. There's so many people that do all the work on the 912s themselves and do a lot of the work. Um, and it's inspiring. It's really good to see. And it's good to see that, you know, these cars that are just destroyed or just dumped or, you know, I never understand when you see a car, like the car on, um, I think the car on uh, Bring a Trailer, the 912, it was parked in an underground car park or underground storage thing, um, I think for 20 years. And I, I, always, I always wonder what happens, you know, when is the day, when is that day, you know, like you think about you own your 911, or really you think about you own any car, but just think about you own a 911. And then one day you park it, you park it, you know, at the side of your house or you leave it in your underground garage or wherever you have it stored. And then you never drive it again and you just leave it. And then 20 years later, you know, someone sees it there and says, oh, I want to buy it from you. Or 30 years later, is that car for sale? What makes you stop buying it? I watched a really good, um, a really good video on YouTube actually from M.O. New York City, the guy that does all the detailing. I think he's Matt Farah's friend from The Smoking Tire. And the son had a, and this is not a Porsche story, this is a car story. Uh, the son had a red, the father had a red uh, Mercedes-Benz. I think it was a two-door Mercedes-Benz. One of the nice ones, the old ones, the 70s ones, who used to drive it every day from uh, to Brooklyn, from wherever they lived for work. And then one day he just stopped driving it and it was just in the garage. And it was in the garage and it was sat in that garage for like 20 or 30 years as well. It just sat there. So the son got them to come over to the father's house and surprise him and do like a quick detail on it, I guess, just to make it look a little bit better and, and get rid of the smells and stuff because to inspire him to get it um, restored, which I think he did in the end. And we know those Mercs, those Pagoda Mercs, the Pagoda 280 SLs or whatever they're called, 250 SLs, the Pagoda style, the convertible with the roof that comes off the hard roof. Um, they're worth a lot of money. But another example where you just, your car just, dumps you know what I mean and then another story the other day I was listening to that someone bought a Porsche and it was someone quite prominent in the Porsche community I think it was on a podcast and they looked over someone's fence they heard there was this Porsche there they looked over the fence uh, and there was this Porsche and basically they went to the door said you want to sell it the guy said well you know it doesn't work then they went there and they opened the door of the Porsche and it was full of water uh, and then they eventually bought it off this guy and they literally paid for him, paid for his new fence replacement because they actually had to take down the fence. The fence had been built around this car and was literally just this car had just been dumped there for years. Um, and I guess maybe that's what happens. People have a car like this. They think, oh, I can't afford to get the body damage fixed. I can't get, afford to get the mechanics fixed. Oh, maybe it's worth nothing. It's just a Porsche. I'm talking about 30, you know, in this, I don't know, 80s or whatever. It's not worth that much. It's not worth the effort. And then it just gets forgotten for, for years and years. Um, and I guess that's where all the stock's coming from for a lot of these people who are doing restoration. So at least they weren't completely demolished or, you know, became scrap metal. At least they're still there. So at least they're in a state where someone can, you know, work their craft on them and make them back to what they were originally or close to what they were originally so that other people can enjoy them for years to come. And 
that's pretty important. It's pretty important. You don't want to lose the history of a car. You don't want all the cars in a lineup like the Porsche just to become, you know, modern versions, 80s versions or 90s versions or whatever. You want them to be the, you know, you want to see the 60s. You want to see the 70s versions. You want to see the 356s. I think the the trend, if, you, if you're on Instagram, if you're not on Instagram, you should actually go on it. I know some people still hesitant to go on Instagram, but the 356 community on Instagram, there's some great 356s out there uh, and people who drive them a lot, uh, drive them across America, who drive them everywhere. Uh, so, you know, it's, Porsches have proven to be very reliable. You know, that's the thing. And, in, and for their time, and as someone said, for the time that they were built, the 356 actually handled really, really well. It was a, still a good handling car. It was still a reasonably reliable and good handling car. And the early 911s, 911s and 912s, they were a good handling car. Obviously, they, the 911, they fixed it in 69 model because they made it a longer wheelbase. They made it slightly longer with another two and a half inches. So from the short wheelbase version to the long wheelbase version, apparently the long wheelbase version was a better, better driving car, a better handling car. And I'm only saying this from what I've read. I don't know from experience because I've never driven in one. But I still haven't lost that that obsession of getting a 912. I still, you know, I still feel like I need to get a 912 or I need to get some kind of old uh, Porsche air-cooled. Um, and maybe a 964 or 993 is better. It's funny when we talk about 993, actually. My friend Steve, um, he... I'm going to bring him into this podcast as well. I'm just going to mention that slightly now. But um, we are planning to... I'm planning to bring him in for a few... See if he enjoys it, and we'll do a few episodes just um, chatting about his GT3 and his Porsche journey and stuff like that. Um, but his X993 is actually for sale again at uh, Order House Hamilton in Sydney. If you're based in Sydney, check it out. It's a really, really nice one. Uh, it's had some really good mods done to it. Uh, it still is original, but it has some really nice mods done to it. I think it's a 95 model. I think it's got sub 200,000 kilometers now. And it's for sale at Order House Hamilton in Sydney for about 130000 Australian dollars. Uh, it's a tempting proposition because it's a really nice looking car. Uh, and it's in the green, the nice green. Um, Aventurine, is that how you say it? <laughs> I can never say that word. Aventurine green. It's in the really classic uh, air cool green color. Um, but that's a really, really nice 993. But yeah, but anyway... Hopefully I can get Steve on here. Uh, I think he's keen on it. So we'll get him on here and we'll have a few um, Porsche chats about different things, GT3s and old air cools, etc. Um, and just keep the conversation going with you guys. So you get, you get to hear someone else's voice instead of just mine for a change. Um, I know you guys have been saying that you've been enjoying the podcast. So I thank you so much for that. Um, but anyway, if you want to send me a, a message, if you want to send me um something you'd like me to talk about on these podcasts, on the Porsche Cool podcast going forward, uh, just go to my Instagram, go to Porsche Cool Instagram, or you can go to Michael Bath uh, Instagram as well, which is michael.bath, unfortunately. Um, Michael Bath was taken. But if you go to that, just send me an instant message. Or I've also got my other Instagram as well, but they're probably the best one, best to go to Porsche Cool and send me a, a, a DM and just give me... Um, just let me know what you'd like me to talk about on this Porsche Cool podcast. I'm happy to to talk about uh, Porsche topics, um, so just let me know, and um, hopefully we can slip it into the, one of the next upcoming. Uh, up, I'm struggling to speak this morning, sorry. And hopefully we can talk about it in an upcoming uh, episode. 
Yeah, so um, another Porsche Cool podcast today. Like I said, this podcast is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. I'm trying to think of all the ones it's on. All the major podcasting platforms. Uh, Podbean, which is my main podcast supplier. So check it out. Uh, if you haven't followed, um, think about following. It'd be good to get some more followers to the podcast. But like I said, the support so far has been unbelievable uh, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, this is the Porsche Cool Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. And I'm sorry about all the beeps coming through, but my I forgot to mute my sound on my computer. That's it for today. My name is Michael Bath. This is the Porsche Cool Podcast, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.